Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining me for a discussion of our financial markets. My name is Avi Gilbert, and I run ElliottWaveTrader.net, which is a website that's dedicated to understanding markets based upon market psychology. Now, for those that have followed me through the years, you would know that we've called almost all the major turns in the markets we track during the 12 years we've been open. So I want to start this presentation with some background as to how we do that. I'm going to give you a very quick lesson in the theory and application of Elliott Wave Analysis. And then with that knowledge, explain what I'm looking for over the coming two months to determine if the market is setting up for a crash. So let's get started. Now, until the times of R.N. Elliott, who discovered Elliott Wave Analysis, the world applied the Newtonian laws of physics as the analysis tool for stock markets. Now, basically, these laws provide that movement in the universe is caused by outside forces. Newton formulated these laws of external causality into three laws of motion. The first, a body at rest remains at rest unless acted upon by an external force. A body in motion remains in motion in a straight line unless acted upon by an external force. And for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. By the way, the uh, slide you're seeing right now is a little premature, so give me a few minutes, we'll get there. So now, I, however, as Einstein stated, and this is a quote, during the second half of the 19th century, new and revolutionary ideas were introduced into physics. They opened the way into a new philosophical view differing from the mechanical one. But even though physics has moved away from the Newtonian mechanical viewpoint, financial market analysis has not. As Ralph Nelson Elliott noted, in the dark ages, the world was supposed to be flat. We persist in perpetuating similar delusions. So let's look at how most people view the market. Robert Prechter provided us with an accurate depiction as to how most people approach the market in his seminal book, The Socionomic Theory of Finance, which I strongly encourage each and every person listening to my voice to read. It will open your eyes as to how the stock market moves in, in reality, rather than a lot of the made-up stuff that you're going to hear on TV or in the written media. So as, as Bob noted, and we'll, we'll read through this, Observer's job, as they see it, is simply to identify which external events cause whatever price changes occur. When news seems to coincide sensibly with market movement, they presume a causal relationship. When news doesn't fit, they attempt to devise a cause and effect structure to make it fit. When they cannot even devise a plausible way to twist the news into justifying market action, they chalk up the movement, the market move to psychology, which means that despite a plethora of news and numerous inventive ways to interpret it, their imaginations aren't prodigious enough to concoct a credible causal story. Most of the time, it's easy for observers to believe in news causality. Financial markets fluctuate constantly, and news comes out constantly, and sometimes the two elements coincide well enough to reinforce commentators mental bias towards mechanical cause and effect. When news and the markets fail to coincide, they shrug and disregard the inconsistency. Those operating under the mechanics paradigm in finance never seem to see or care 
that these glaring anomalies exist. Now, Ralph Nelson Elliott, many, many years ago, almost 80 years ago, offered us a different perspective that is quite different than what we see mostly today in the media. And this is what Elliott said. Very extensive research in connection with human activities indicates that practically developments which result from our social economic processes follow a law that causes them to repeat themselves in similar and constantly recurring series of waves or impulses of definite number and pattern. The causes of these cyclical changes seem clearly to have their origin in the immutable natural law that governs all things, including the various moods of human behavior. And this is important. Causes, therefore, tend to be relatively unimportant in the long-term progress of the cycle. This fundamental law cannot be subverted or set aside by statutes or restrictions. Current news and political developments are of only incidental importance, soon forgotten. Their presumed influence on market trends is not as weighty as is commonly believed. Now remember, Elliot years ago, and in fact, recent studies today have begun to prove Elliot's theories from 80 years ago. In a paper entitled Large Financial Crashes, which was published in 1997, um, the authors within their conclusions presented a nice summation for the overall hurting phenomena within financial markets. Stock markets are fascinating structures with analogies to what is arguably the most complex dynamical system found in natural sciences, the human mind. Instead of the usual interpretation of the efficient market hypothesis in which traders extract and incorporate consciously by their action all information contained in market prices, we propose that the market as a whole can exhibit an emergent behavior not shared by any of its constituents. In other words, we have in mind the process of the emergence of intelligent behavior at a macroscopic scale that individuals at the microscopic scales have no idea of. This process has been discussed in biology, for instance, in the animal populations, such as ant colonies, or in connection with the emergence of consciousness. Now, what's even more amazing is that now there is even further research that proves that the market would basically act as we see on our current price charts, even if we did not have news. In 1997, Europhysics Letters published a study conducted by Calderelli, Marsili, and Zhang in which subjects simulated trading currencies. However, note this, there were no exogenous factors that were involved in potentially affecting the trading pattern. Their specific goal was to observe financial market psychology in the absence of external factors. One of the noted findings was that the trading behavior of the, of the participants were, quote, very similar to that observed in the real economy. So you may want to reconsider the common view of markets being driven by news. Instead, Consider that external events affect the markets only insofar as they interpreted as they are interpreted 
by the market participants. And such interpretation has been guided by the prevalent social mood. Therefore, the important factor to understand is not the social event or piece of news itself, but rather the underlying social mood, which will provide the spin to an understanding of that external event. Consider how many times you've seen the market react to a news event, yet the reaction was the complete opposite of all expectations at the time. The most recent example and most glaring example would likely be what occurred at the low we struck on October 13, 2022, almost a little over a year ago, which kicked off this rally that we saw from the 3,500 region up to 4,600 in the S&P 500. Now, if you remember, most were calling for a further 5% decline, if not more at the time, if the CPI that morning on October 13th came in hotter than expected. Well, the CPI report did come in much hotter than expected, yet the market rallied 6% off the morning low struck that morning. Not only did we get a 5% or more move, but we got that and more in the exact opposite direction compared to what, was, what everyone was expecting at the time. Now, allow me to take a moment to show you what I was telling our clients at the time. The night before we struck that bottom, I noted the following in my evening report to our clients. Thus far, the market has made several attempts at hitting the blue box support region on the 60-minute SPX chart. By the way, as an aside, the 3,500 region was the top of that um, box that I'm referring to. And each time, divergences continue to grow. And if you look at the five-minute SPX chart, there is still opportunity to actually strike that support below as long as we remain below the smaller degree resistance noted. But I think we will be likely much higher than we, where we stand today as we look out towards the end of October or even into early November, depending on how long it takes the market to bottom it out and how fast the rally I expect takes hold. I think we all know what happened that morning on October 13th, the day after I wrote this, this update. But what was most astounding was the reaction by many in the market. These are just a sample of what people were saying later that day or even the following day with the second quote I'm about to show you actually taken from Barron's. Now on Seeking Alpha, the first, I, I saw the first uh, comment and that probably typified what most market participants were saying that day. It made no sense. It was exactly opposite of what everybody was expecting at the time. And then what Barron's wrote, just and Barron's wrote this the following day, it just typified and, and gave everybody a little more into what everybody was feeling. It was a massive rally, one that came out of nowhere. And it's left market observers like yours truly wondering what the heck just happened. There wasn't any new data, no headline making speeches, no event that occurred just after the open to spur such a move. It literally came out of nowhere and left us grasping for possible reasons. Today's market reversal was a head scratcher. You know, I, I, I do apologize, but if you knew where to look, not only did it make sense, but it's something you should have expected. 
Now I'm going to show you what our clients noted on that day. I'll give you a moment to read it. And, and you'll see at the end of the day, the difference between the ones that were surprised and the ones that were not is the perspective as to how to view news with, within an understanding of market sentiment. While news can certainly act as a catalyst, the substance of that news is not terribly material to the direction of the market. We have all seen it happen many times before, wherein the market reacts exactly opposite of the common expectations derived from the substance of the news. And that's because it's the overall market sentiment which tells us how the news will be interpreted and how the market will react not the substance of the news itself. However, when the market reacts as expected, it only reinforces the common belief of looking at the market through the wrong lens. But when the market reacts exactly opposite of the common expectation, unfortunately, most simply ignore it and move on. I guarantee you nobody questioned why they got that day wrong. They just moved on. But it is within this reaction when one can truly learn how to view the market through the appropriate lens. So now let's delve a bit more deeply into how Elliott Wave analysis works. Back in the 1930s, a gentleman named Ralph Nelson Elliott discovered that the movements in the market are really a repeating fractal of overall societal sentiment, which is governed by the natural law of the universe as represented through Fibonacci mathematics. As I quoted Elliot earlier, and I'll quote him again, very extensive research in connection with human activities indicates that practically all developments which result from our social economic processes follow a law that causes them to repeat themselves in similar and constantly recurring series of waves or impulses of definite number and pattern. Elliot recognized that the stock market was driven by waves of public sentiment and that those waves of sentiment are fractally patterned. This means that the market takes shape within variably self-similar patterns at all degrees of trend. I'll explain this further in a few minutes. Most specifically, Elliot theorized that public sentiment and mass psychology move in five waves within a primary trend and three waves within a counter trend. Once a five wave move in public sentiment has completed, then it's time for the subconscious sentiment of the public to shift in the opposite direction, which is simply the natural cycle within the human psyche and not the operative effect of some form of news. While some may question how sentiment turns on its own at an extreme I'll simply say that many other studies have been published over the last 30 years, which explains how it naturally occurs within the limbic system within our brains. Now, when I said that the market is fractal in nature, in other words, variably self-similar at all degrees of trend, what I mean is that each five-wave structure can be broken down further into additional variably self-similar structures. So if you look at the chart I have in front of you, you will see that waves one, three, and five, Roman numeral one, three, and five, that is, each break down into five wave structures themselves. 
whereas corrective waves two and four break down into three-way structures. And when you continue to move down into the lower degrees, you will continue to see the same relationships. Now, now I outlined waves one, two, three, four, five within wave Roman numeral three, but if you look closely, you could see wave one and wave five also comprised of five waves each. So before I get into my perspective as to where we are in the market, I want to tell you about a market prognostication made by Elliott back in the early 1940s. So let's put ourselves back into that time period. World War II was raging around us as the U.S. was just entering the war at the end of 1941. And the next four years saw some of the most horrendous fighting in the world, in world history. It was truly a period of ultimate negativity around the world. Yet Elliot made the following prognostication at the time. 1941 should mark the final correction of the 13-year pattern of defeatism. This termination will also mark the beginning of a new super cycle wave five, comparable in many respects with the long advance from 1857 to 1929. Super cycle five is not expected to culminate until about 2012. For those of you that do not understand this, Elliot was forecasting a 70 year, more than a 70 plus year bull market while World War II was raging around him. This has to be the best stock market prognostication in history bar none. So I'm, this is just, I just want to show you this. This is a quote from one of our longtime members, and I think it's quite apropos. The goal of EW analysis is to analyze sentiment, not participate in Elliot did not participate in the sentiment of his time. Rather, he used what he saw on the chart and was able to provide us with one of the most incredible prognostications, in my opinion, in history. So I, I'm going to now come out of this, and I'm going to go to my charts, and we're going to start discussing what I'm seeing in the charts with your basic understanding of that five-wave pattern. Okay? So let me... Let's go through here. Now, this is a 100-plus-year structure of the S&P 500. And what I want you to focus on is towards the middle of the, of the chart, you will see Roman numeral wave one in paren. And you'll note Wall Street crash of 29 just above it. So up until that point, we had a five-wave structure taking us up into that high. And if you remember the roaring 20s, it was a massive, relatively massive stock market move to, into that high. But then we got the 1929 crash, and it led clearly to the Great Depression. The 1929 crash, I believe, did not bottom out until 1932. So it's about a three-year stock market crash, shall we say. Now, again, I want to highlight Roman numeral wave one in paren um, at the where it says Wall, Wall Street crash of 1929 right here. And the bottom of that crash was Roman numeral wave two paren. 
So we know we're looking for five waves, right? And Elliot told us to expect a 70 plus year market rally until we complete that next wave, which was wave three. Now, what Elliot was talking about is the super cycle five advance was wave five of three. Let's go to the top right of our chart and you'll see you have wave three in paren, Roman numeral wave three in paren. Now that is of the same degree that we bottom Roman numeral wave two after the stock market crash completed in 1932. And we had this very long third wave rally. And we're coming to the end of that, folks. We're coming to the end of that. That is, for, for those of you that have followed any of my work, you probably would know that I'm expecting at least a 10-year um, bear market, at least a 10-year bear market. It could last as long as 21 years. We are coming to the end of a very, very long-term bull market, a long-term third wave one that Elliot prognosticated back in 1940. And we're completing that as we speak. Can we go a little higher? We'll get to that in a minute, and then you'll understand where I see us. I wanted you to get the bigger picture first. Now, before I move into um, the my next chart, which takes us down in, in time frame, I want you to also focus on uh, the 2000 tech bubble, you'll see it at the top. That's wave, the top of Roman numeral wave three. You can see that here, the top of Roman numeral wave three. And then you had a sideways market from 2000 until the end, uh, till March of 2009. And if you remember, 2007 to 2009 was the great financial crisis. And that completed that sideways move and take note that was wave four so we topped out 2000 tech bubble was now let me take a step back remember i said waves one three and five are all five wave structures as well well that's what i'm trying to point out here the top of the third wave in this third wave was the 2000 tech bubble we then had a fourth wave that lasted how many years? Oh, eight, eight years and change. Yeah, eight years and change, nine years rather, but lasted nine years. So we had a nine-year sideways market, and that was the fourth wave of this five-wave, wave three. So when we completed the financial crisis crash and then began the recovery off of that, that was the fifth, that's the fifth wave that's completing wave three in paren. And as you can see, we're completing the fifth wave of that fifth wave of wave three. That means this structure is really very, very full, which began in 1932. So now I'm gonna go into my chart and I want you again, Take note where we are so you understand what you're about to see. Keep in mind the tech bubble, top wave three of wave three, and then we had wave four of wave three until 2009. So let's go into the chart. 
bit. Okay. And here is my chart. Here again, the top of wave three of wave three. And then you had the ABC corrective three wave structure. Finished off wave four, the sideways market for those years. And now we're in that final fifth wave. And as you can see, we can count an almost full five wave structure. Now, I'm going to be brutally honest with you here. I am not a, I, I don't love the high that we struck in 20, at the start of 2021. I really have a problem with that completing this fifth wave. Why? I cannot count a solid five wave structure into that high. I have a problem with it. However, what I noted was for market, uh, for, for, um, for risk management purposes, I was explaining to our clients, I'm going to be treating it as the top unless I see some strong indications that we are going to get the higher high. The rally we've seen off the 3,500 low, my opinion, I was looking for a minimal target of 4,300. I thought we were going to go from 3,500 to minimum 4,300. And on the upside, I was looking for towards the 4,505 region. And clearly, we went just about 100 points beyond my upside target. But I explained the entire time, I would still much rather go back up towards the 5,000, ideally 5,150 to maybe about 350, 350 would really be an ideal target for us to be heading up. And that's why I've left this alt three that we're not really done with this fifth wave rally just yet. We have a little more to go and I'll get into that in a minute. Now, whether we have completed that or not, I want you to take a step back and realize, yes, can we go up a little higher? Well, the next couple of weeks is probably going to tell us whether we can or cannot. And I'll explain that in a minute. But whether we go up higher or not doesn't change the fact that this multi-decade pattern is nearing completion. Do we ha Have we completed it? Do we have maybe another six months, maybe another year, maybe? And then you're talking about an 80-year bull market that's coming to a close. Now, once we complete this and we complete wave three, well, the nice thing about my job is I don't have to count higher than five. So I know that after three, I get four. And wave four, as you can see, is likely going to be a very, very drawn out and long market correction. Minimally, I'm thinking eight to 13 years. I think really you're looking more likely at 13 to 21 years. Why do I think that? Well, Elliot gave us something called the theory of alternation. And what that, what that says is if the second wave of a five-wave structure takes shape in a certain way, then you can expect the wave four of that same five-wave structure to take a different shape. Wave two, if we remember, was represented by the 1929 market crash. It was a three-year correction, and it went straight down 80%.
wave four should therefore be different. It's likely that wave four is going to be a very long, drawn out process. That's why I say it could be a 20 some odd year correction, folks. And that's effectively what I'm looking for. Now, you know, as we move through the structure, I'm going to see if somehow it can curtail. And there are ways that it can curtail. I've added in an alternative count in here. But you know what? We are many, many years. We are at least seven, eight years away from being able to even consider uh, this potential just yet. At least seven, eight years away. So I'm not even going to get to that right now. For now, I'm just going to note my expectation is for a major market top to be struck and then enter into a very long-term bear market. Now, for those of you that have followed me at any point in time over the last number of years, you know, you probably have seen me be very bullish. You know, for me, I'm not a bull. I'm not a bear. I'm definitely not a perma bull and I'm definitely not a perma bear. Um, as uh, as as I you know, some of our clients have called us. We're perma profit. All we want to be is on the correct side of the market. I don't care what you call it, but whatever it is, I want to be on the right side of it. That is my only focus. I want to be on the correct side of the market. Now, when the market was crashing, right over here, if you remember, we were crashing in March of twenty twenty. Um, at the end of uh, 2020, at the end of 2019, I was saying that it looks like we can get 30, 35% market correction. Um, and I was looking for this way four. And I said, it's probably going to start sometime in the first quarter of 2020. And that's pretty much what we saw. But what I did not expect clearly was I didn't expect how fast that correction was going to complete. We call it the COVID crash today. But for anybody that followed me at the time, you probably knew very well, when we were approaching 2200 on the S&P, I was telling my clients, and then I was even writing it out publicly in articles, and you could go see those articles publicly still. They're still out there. I was saying at 2200, I am looking for a major bottom, and I'm looking for a rally north of 4,000 from there. I'm looking for at least a doubling of the S&P 500 off of this COVID crash bottom. As we know, it's pretty much what we got. The nice thing about Elliott Wave analysis, and this is the one thing that really, um, I, I have not, I've, I've been involved in markets for many decades, and I have not seen any other form of analysis that can give you market context in the way that Elliott Wave analysis can. When people ask me, how did I know to ignore all that fear in the market at, you know, when we were approaching 2200 and the market was crashing into that level? How did I know to ignore that and to buy, that that was a good opportunity to buy? Why? Because the Elliott Wave analysis gave me context. It told me from there, we're going to 2200. I'm sorry, we're going to 4,000 plus. And that was a high probability expectation I maintained. Along those same lines, I maintain, and by the way, this is the same type of context for those of you that you know, know my gold calls, you know, back in, in, uh, in, in um, August of 2011, 
when gold was rallying in a parabolic fashion. And if you remember, $50 days we were seeing, and everybody was arguing about what, how far past 2000 are we going to run? That's the only thing people were arguing about. I was looking at this from an Elliott Wave context, and I said, uh-uh. I had 1915 as a top, and I said we probably could see. And I even noted my uh, my targets for that correction that I expected, and I said we could drop to 700 to 1,000 from the 1915 level. Now, of course, we're in the middle of a parabolic rally. Everybody was going crazy. People thought I was nuts. Now, as we know, market top within $6 of my target, of my upper target, and we bottomed at 1,050 or 1,045. You know, it's the same analysis that got my, my clients back in at the exact lows in December of 2016, 2015, when we hit those lows in the market. We even started loading up on mining stocks in September of 2015, because a number of them were bottoming before the before gold was bottoming. We have we have utilized the context that Elliott Wave analysis provides us to do the same thing for major calls in the US dollar, in oil, in 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 in, in all the different stocks that our team analyzes. Uh, you know, we utilize this everywhere that you have mass psychology being represented through a chart. Now, would I be as strongly utilizing this methodology on a one product micro cap biotech stock? No, because that stock does not represent mass psychology. For a stock like that, you really have to know the the fundamentals of that stock and that product and where they are in the pipeline. This works when you're dealing with mass psychology. That means mega cap stocks, major markets. That's where this really shines. Crypto, that's where this really shines. And it provides market context. And I'm sorry to say again, Market context is telling me we're potentially heading into a period of a lot of pain. And I have to be honest with you. I pray every day that I am wrong about my analysis here. But the more and more I see of this structure developing, more and more it tells me that unfortunately it's right. Because when you deal with these type of large degree types of corrections, there's a lot of societal pain that will come with it. And you know, when we look back at the fourth wave of one lesser degree, when we topped at the uh, at the uh, tech bubble in 2000, and it took us nine years to get that fourth wave of a lesser degree, this is going to be a fourth wave of an, a higher degree. So minimally, I would expect we would see at least a nine-year correction to match that. And that's why I think it probably potentially could be double that because you're talking about a higher degree correction. And again, that's what I fear, because the societal ramifications of such a correction could be quite dire. And I pray every day that I'm wrong in my assessment. But let me show you where I think we are. Well, let's delve in a little further into the daily chart. On the daily chart, like I said, do I like this as the top? I really don't. 
I really like the structure and it's an ugly structure, by the way, but I really like the structure with one more higher high as we look out to 2024. But I'm not going to be stupid about it. I need to have a good indication that the market is going to go to 4,800 plus as we go out to 2024. Like I said, we can even go up to 5,350 or 5,400. That really, I mean, I initially thought we'd get up as high as 5,500. And it's still possible if we get a big old blow off top. So, but at the same time, I'm not going to, I'm not throwing all caution to the wind. In fact, the way the market is set up right now, you know, when, when a weatherman tells you that the atmospheric conditions are conducive to a tornado developing and touching down, so please take shelter, I'm seeing the same thing right now that the, the current market conditions are such that a market crash could happen. And that market crash would take us down to here. And that would confirm the start of a long-term bear market. Um, now, I want to take one step back. Even if we do go into a long-term bear market, I want you to realize it's not going to be like 1929 to 1932. That's what Elliot taught us. It's not going to be exactly like that. It's going to be much longer and much more drawn out. You're going to have something similar to this, where you're going to have a number of years of a period of a bear market. You will then have a bear market rally followed by a crash. So let's say we get a mini crash here. You will then see a bear market rally followed by a crash. You will then see another bear market rally followed by an even bigger crash. So you're going to have opportunities to make money. And if you understand the context, you will then know where to take your cash out of the market. So let's go back to the daily chart. And the daily chart is showing me two possibilities here. And I'm going to take you into the 60-minute chart to show you even better where we are. Now, remember I said corrective structures are three-way structures. Now, rather than getting very complex, I will tell you that a move to a higher high is still going to be based upon a larger degree three-wave structure, even though we're moving higher. And it's because it's something called an ending diagonal. And ending diagonals are the exception to the standard five-wave rule. You do have five waves, but the substructures are all three-wave structures. ABC. So wave one takes shape as an ABC three-wave move. Wave three takes shape as an ABC three-wave move instead of five. And wave five takes shape as an ABC move. So we have two competing structures we're looking at over the coming weeks. One is there is a potential for, again, a diagonal. Again, I hate diagonals. They are not the most uh, the easiest to trade, nor are they the most reliable. But I do have a reasonable diagonal pattern to the downside, which would give me five waves as a diagonal. Not, not as a standard five-wave structure, but as a diagonal. 
How will I invalidate that potential? Well, there's only one way to invalidate that potential. Elliot taught us that wave two, which is a corrective pullback after wave one completes, can never retrace more than 100% of the prior wave one. So if this is five waves down in the bearish scenario, the bearish scenario is represented in green. If this is five waves down in the bearish scenario, then wave two cannot exceed the start of wave one, 46.0707. So there are two things I am looking for. One, do we stay below 46.07 before we get a pullback? If the answer is yes, if we remain below 46.07 and then we break down below 44.80, take those down, those numbers down. If we remain below 46.07 and then break down below 44.80, the nature of that decline is going to tell us how we look towards 2024. If the nature of that decline is a five-wave structure, then we have to prepare for it. The following bounce is going to set up a market crash. The first target is going to be wave three, and that's probably 3,500 to 3,700. And wave five will probably take us to 2,900 to 3,300. And that's what I'm showing on the daily chart. So if we stay below 4,607, break down below 4,480, and that breakdown is a five-wave structure. That's telling me that we're starting wave three down in the green. And that's going to target, like I said, 3,500 to about 3,700 on the S&P. You'll then get a bounce in wave four, corrective bounce. And then you'll come down to complete that five-wave structure to complete your first segment of the bear market move down into the... 2,900 to uh, 3,300. I'm not sure how deep it's going to be. Much will depend on how far wave three down takes us. But that's if you get a five wave move that breaks you down below this support of 4480. However, there are two ways in which I'm still going to be looking higher, which I would really love to be honest with. It really would fill in the structure much better on the bigger time frame. First, if the market should continue higher this week and we're able to get over 46.07, even if we just print 46.0708, even if we just print that, that would invalidate the immediate bearish expectation. And then I would still expect a pullback before we rally up to new highs. Now, let's assume we break down below our support without taking out 4607. Then again, if it's a five wave decline, then we have to prepare for a market crash down to 3,500 initially, 35 to 3,700 for wave three. If it is a clearly corrective decline and not a five wave structure, that's going to tell us that the market is preparing for another rally as we look out towards 2024 that should take us to a higher high. Um, ideally, I would love to see 
5150 to even as high as 5500. Much is going to depend on how the initial move off of this will take shape. The size of this move off this low will tell us pretty much how high we can still go. But that is really what I'm looking for in the coming weeks. If the market break, if the market is unable to take out 4607.07 and drops in a five-wave structure, that's going to tell me to prepare after the next bounce to prepare for a market crash. Because third waves in a C wave are known as crash waves. To give you an example, the financial crisis um, of 2007 to 2009, that was a C wave decline of an ABC structure, corrective structure. Uh, the COVID crash was a C wave in an ABC structure. Uh, the flash crash, for those of you that remember it, that was a C wave. C waves are known in, in larger degree context as crash waves. So that's why I call it, you know, you're going to see a crash if that's how it sets up in the coming weeks. If the next pullback is clearly corrected, folks, then I'm going to be looking higher towards 4,800 plus as we look out towards 2024. But again, I want to give you one last caveat with that, and I don't want you to lose sight of that. Whether we go higher or not, we're still completing a very, very long-term bull market structure, which actually began in 1932. Elliot told us it was coming, but unfortunately, we are now living through the tail end of it. So my suggestion is make preparations for what could be a very, very long and painful bear market. I thank you all very much for your time this evening this afternoon and evening. And uh, again, I think the next few weeks are going to be very, very, very key as to how we look to 2024 and even beyond. Thank you very much.